Hello, I'm Howard. Sadly, I'm back. And welcome to the 9320 Review Podcast, the show that definitely thinks Chelsea are nothing more than a social stroke art experiment about the woes of capitalism. Uh, we're looking back to the hard-fought 2-0 win over Nottingham Forest, which came with plenty of controversy over one normal, uninteresting day of Barclays action. Uh, to discuss the match and a whole lot more besides, I'd like to be joined by Asan and Ollie. Uh, good morning, Asan. How are you? Morning, Howard. Um, welcome back. That's the first thing. Thanks. You, you would definitely, definitely missed, so it's good to have you back. And, That's uh, not what yeah. my WhatsApp thread was saying during the <laughs> Yeah, we Oh, did. we're putting out some of our best content ever. <laughs> <laughs> we, did, we did lay it on a little thick just to, uh, just to make you feel a little bad about it. No, but it is, it's, it's wonderful to have you back. And Yeah, no, I'm great. The, uh, the WGA writer's strike is tentatively over. I had a really good weekend. I cleaned the house this morning. I've been for a run. Uh, yeah, I'm buzzing. Wow, nice one. Do what I do in my oven? Still not done it. <laughs> I'll pay yes, for next, your air flight next, to come next over. Time and... Oh, really? All right. <laughs> Just to clean the oven, yeah, I would do that. <laughs> okay, I best do it myself this week. Uh, Ali, good morning. How are you? Uh, good morning. Thanks for having me back. Uh, it's great to be back on. Uh, yeah, I've woke up in a great mood today, so what better way to start than doing a podcast? Indeed. How was your weekend then? It was, honestly, it's been really, really nice. Um, just very, not not too much going on, just, you know, but lovely, s- simplistic, nothing much bothering, and, you know, you can't really complain when you wake up in a great mood on a Monday morning. Indeed, yeah. You were not normally a big fan of Mondays then, or not bothered? Well, who is who is a fan of Mondays, really? I mean, it's oh, some simple. people some people jump out of bed to go to work every day. Asan's doing ten k runs. I have to I have to say that I I do love Monday morning. I, I feel as though Monday morning, genuinely, you need to set the tone for the week, and so I make a point of trying to make Monday morning as good as it can be, so that I set the tone for the week. Hmm. So that's quite good thinking. It was a lot worse when I worked in an office, I think. So, just I don't know the the commute and everything else just mm-hmm. felt worse on a Monday morning. So, but I only have to walk five steps now, so that's okay. <laughs> and work quite a lot of evenings. Anyway, let's talk football. Before we talk about the match, nothing much happened apparently. <laughs> uh, so I didn't miss much on my flight back from Turkey. Uh, I landed at half time, and as I went through passport control, just like. Oh, Rodri's got a red card, great. <laughs> and then just spent the second half saying, I don't want any goal alerts on my phone now, just keep it as it is. But we will come to that, of course. thought it was worth discussing a couple of other things before we get to the match. And to start, just uh, relaxing yesterday, Asan, watching Sheffield United get spanked 8-0. Uh, the inevitable comments, why didn't we beat them like that? Because that's not how football works. Uh, but of course... Impossible to ignore James McAtee, who I think was subbed off at 7-0 in this match. And I think it's worth just spending a couple of minutes about his time there. He obviously asked to go there and he, after a great season there last year, last season, obviously promotion. Very different world for Sheffield United, of course, in the Premier League this season. So it seems it's going to be a struggle for all the promoted sides. And we've got to, it, just this question sprung to me is, you know, if this is how they're, if this season's going to be a struggle for Sheffield United, 
just how good will this be for James McAtee? So just two questions linked to that. Were you happy with him going there in the first place to get football this season? And has your opinion changed since because of their struggles early season? No, I, was, I wasn't happy from the off. I think the fact that he had the opportunity to go to Leicester and play under Maresca in a team that were obviously going to play very fluid attacking football, very similar to the way that City play, to knock that back to go to Sheffield United and their manager, who I just don't rate very much. Um, I just think it was a bad... A bad mo- I don't understand, like, from a developmental point of view, I don't understand what he thought he was going to get from going there, um, other than, oh, I get a season in the Premier League. But it's like, oh, well, yeah. it's not a season in the... It's not, it's not the same as, like, going to Brighton or, you know, going to a team that is going to play in a way that is going to allow you to show the best of what you are. It was always going to end like this. For well, Look, for me, I, I think Sheffield United... We're always nailed on to go down, and therefore him going there was always going to be a struggle. But then that what happened is just so embarrassing for them as a team that he's got to be licking his wounds and thinking I've made. He's got to think he's made the wrong decision. I mean, I just I can't get my head around the. It shows. I think in a way it shows that like from the outside things can seem pretty simple, but footballers are footballers like. James McAtee, in my head, would be a fella that would go, nah, you know what, I'm not going to Sheffield United. Like, look at the way that they play football. I don't care how much of a good time I had last season. I know what's going to happen this season. They're going to get relegated and it's going to be horrible. And the opportunity to go and play in a team that plays in a way that gets the best out of you and allows you to show, like, the maximum of your talents, to me, that's like a logical decision to make. So for him to choose like the, apparently the story is he was in Leicester ready to sign but really didn't want to go was desperate to get back to Sheffield United and his agent rang City and was like he doesn't want to do this he wants to go back to Sheffield let him go that's mad it's like mad from the agent's point of view mad from the player's point of view and yeah bad decision that's my thought Ollie your thoughts I mean obviously the, I wouldn't say it was mad to choose Premier League football over championship football but the style of football, as Aysen said, obviously Leicester are the better option, aren't they? Uh, I, th- I think he was right to go. He had to play football. And he's obviously enjoyed his time at Sheffield United, so felt relaxed about going back there. But is there an argument it could make a man of him, being in a struggling side? Or do, do you agree with Aysen that this is... I know hindsight's a wonderful thing, but it might turn out to be a bad move for him to have gone there. I think there's very clear arguments for both sides, but generally I don't really like the idea of players going back on loan to a club for a second year. Um, The last one I remember is Patrick Mm. Roberts, his first year at Celtic. He was brilliant and he looked like he was either going to be a top talent that week that could maybe fight for a place at City or sell for big money. And then he went back second year, didn't play as much, had a didn't have a good time, and and it knocked his career into a bit of a tailspin for a few years. Um. And I just worry that the same thing's going to happen with James McAtee if and more looking like when Sheffield United go down. Um, and you think with some of the interest he's had in him, you know, even permanent offers, which obviously City have said they'll, they rejected them all. But, you know, you've got to be thinking if you've got Brighton knocking on the door for you, if you've got clubs like Ajax and Dortmund knocking on the door for you, 
how are you still tempted to go back to Sheffield United just because you spent a season with them in the Championship? And and yeah, I do see the point that he could make a man out of him, could make him a better player, but I'm not really convinced that that's going to help his City career, which he's always said is his aim. Um, I think, I you know, for me, what I would have done with him is I would have kept him till January because of the state of the squad and the numbers that we have, and then let him go and then let him go out on loan in January if his minutes were if he wasn't happy with his minutes. Because you look at you know some of the injuries that we've had piling up already, I think there was I think there was time there for James McAtee to be playing, um, especially now that Cole Palmer left. Um, it, you know, as soon as Cole Palmer left, he should have, he should have been thinking, no, I'm going to stay at City now. I want to stay mm. for at least until the next transfer window. Um, but I really worry that this is going to knock his career into a bit of a tailspin as well. And you know, and it's and it's really unfortunate because he's a great talent. Um, so I hope his talent can shine through in what looks to be an awful team led by a bloke who wasn't good enough for Leeds United in mid-table championship a few years ago. Um, so you know, and you know, you're looking at who they who they could bring in next. It's bringing Chris Wilder back, or you know, it's going to be the likes of Frank Lampard. And I just think that's just not going to help him at all as a player. Um, you know, if it was getting someone like Steve Cooper or anyone with a good track record of you know, developing young talent, it's a different story. But um, Sheffield United can't attract that sort of manager with the situation they, they're going to find themselves in this season. Um, I think he's chosen going for the Premier League over style of play. And uh, if he's not already regretting that decision, I think he will be, you know, not before too long. Because mm. you've got to think about it. He, he could, he genuinely could have been a shot for the England squad within the next 18 to 24 months. You know that's the way he. That's the way you've got to see your career when you get to that sort of age and you've got that sort of talent. You know, spending another year in the championship isn't the worst thing to go. You know, it's all right to take one step back to take two steps forward in football. And I Surely. think, and it seems like he's taken ten steps back going there. Um, wrong style so, of play. It's a lack of ambition. Club. I just feel like it's it's a heavy lack yeah. of ambition. Like in the oh, end, you. Sorry. No, just gonna say. Do you know if the Brighton interest was real and strong? Well, from from what I've read and people who I know who are Brighton fans and they say they're trusted, you know, writers and sources, they all said it was a thirty million pound offer or a loan with an option, hmm. um, or a loan with ob- obligation even. Um, so City were like, no, we're not selling him permanently. And then you look what happened. Cole Palmer goes out on the permanent after spending all summer saying we're not selling him permanently. So. For for me, what they should have done is they should have picked between them them two and then you know put all their focus all all eggs in one basket on the other, and uh, it just feels like they've kind of been left in an unfortunate situation where they've had one player leave on a permanent who's just going to end up sitting on the bench at Chelsea, and then they've had one player leave on a loan who's now more likely than ever going to be going out on a permanent for much less than he's worth because he's going to have a a bad reputation in the Premier League uh, because of the club he's at, and it's. It's partly fault of his own. You know, maybe, maybe there's a Hail Mary and he pulls through and, you know, he ends up being a superstar in a crap team. Because we, we've seen that happen before, but um, it would take, it's going to take a lot to look good in that Sheffield United team, whether Paul Heckingbottom's there or not now. Hey, Sad, do you think Pep has any influence in this that he'd want him playing for the Premier League team over a Championship one? No, I think on the contrary, I, I expect that it was very disappointing for for the kind of the pep and the team and when you when you begin to look at the development of your young players and and what do you want for them well 
if you're if you're looking at somebody like James McAtee, what you want is for him to go and play football in exactly the same manner in which City play football, but play every game and fine, even if it's in the championship. Well, in a way, that's a more brutal league, and that is a good, you know, it's an excellent place to go and develop and learn and mm. and yeah, no, I just I, I can't see. There was never, there was never a for me. What, as soon as it was announced, it was so confused. Well, not confused. But it was just, it was so like, well, that's daft. I don't really see the point in that. And I, I genuinely felt as though City should have put their foot down and gone. Well, if you don't want to go to Leicester, you're staying in our squad because we're going to need you. We're going to need bodies. And if you want to go and play football, fine. We'll sanction that if you go and play somewhere that play the way that we play. But. To go back to Sheffield United, that's like a, it's a comfort zone thing, and they're shit. Mm. And clearly, you can see how bad they are now, and just how. It's one of the worst performances I've seen uh, as an adult in the, t- in, in the top division. Absolutely, absolute, bro. Like you know, like there could have been another four, five, six Newcastle goals if that had gone to double figures. It wouldn't have been surprising at all. And and the fact is, you know, it's. With that game specifically, it's not just the fact that it was 8-0, it's eight individual scorers as well. I think that kind of says a hell of a lot about the performance as well. How are you letting eight different people, you know, eight different ways of scoring a goal? It's It, mm. it, it, blo- it blows my mind um, just how truly, truly horrendous that game was. Well, um, we'll need to move on, but I hope for his sake at least that this does not turn into, one, you know, one of the worst Premier League seasons ever for the team, and that it, it does pick up for him and he gains something from it, but we will see. But yeah, just before we talk about City, uh, got to move it on and just the rest of the action. Uh, Asan, I'll start with you, of course. Again, give you both a chance to speak on this. Another fascinating, well, mostly Sunday uh, of action. Arsenal 2, Spurs 2 was an absolute cracker. It is one of the most entertaining derbies now, if not the most entertaining a lot of the time. Uh, and Spurs didn't do a Spurs, thankfully. And to be honest, matched Arsenal, I think, over the 90 minutes. Liverpool won 3-1. Having seen another weekend of Barker's action, what do you think of our rivals? Are Liverpool now, for you, the main challengers, or still undecided? I mean, I think I think it's still a little bit early to to sort of elevate Liverpool above Arsenal. I think that, in the main, they've had a better start to the season... But I think that 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 is partially down to Liverpool have something almost quite unique uh, in the league this season in that they've got a lot of match winners. Like if you so if you look at for example if you look at Arsenal yesterday against Spurs, Arsenal's problem is that they've got loads of great technical footballers that can get the ball into good positions, but they've got nobody that can finish. Right. And then you, you look at Liverpool and you go, they've got finishers everywhere. Salah, Nunes, Gakpo, Luis Diaz, even Jota. These are all lads who can score a volume of goals. And if you look at the scorers across the season for them so far, it kind of backs that up. I don't think even City have them. I mean, we have a Haaland, which is like its own thing. But we don't have the volume of goal scorers that they've got and I think that that's an that's a, an interesting place to find themselves in because on the flip side of that I still think that they're defensively suspect I still think that they struggle to 
they don't really control games in the way that a top team should. I mean, in every, almost every game that I've seen of theirs this season, the other team have been well in the game. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's not re really ever been a point where you go, they've killed this. Even with even at three one, you always feel as though if the opposition get one more here, they're gonna creak. So it's hard to it's hard to make a call. I mean. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.